Welcome to Transmissions Alt Mode, where we talk about all news, comics, and media related to the Transformers. On this episode, Rise of the Beast is finally in theaters, and we've got opinions. We've also got more from the producer on the next upcoming Transformers movie, and there just might be some news about the return of Transformers comics. Today is Friday, June 16th, 2023, and this is episode 342 of Transmissions Alt Mode. Welcome to Transmissions Alt Mode, the podcast that wonders what a zombie superhero Transformer comic will be like. I'm your host, Charles, a.k.a. Big C, and I'm joined by the excellent Transmissions team. Jeremy, a.k.a. Yakko. Hey, how's it going? Apollo, a.k.a. Robo Apollo. Hi, everyone. And Daryl, the Cybertronian Beast. Huh? Oh, hi. Let's talk Transformers. <laughs> did did we wake you? <laughs> <laughs> Deep in thought. Oh. oh. As always, we start off the show by thanking our Donatrions, those lovely people who support us on Patreon and PayPal. Thank you all so much for continuing to help us out and support the show. We really appreciate it. If you'd like to become a Donatron, just go to transmissionspodcast.com slash support. That's where you can sign up. We've got lots of bonus content. We've got different uh, perks. We've got you're automatically entered into all our contests. You can watch the show live as we record it for each week. Uh, and it, you get some merchandise at the higher levels, too. So lots of good stuff you can get. Speaking of bonus content, we've got exclusive bonus shows for our Donatrons, including Daryl's We Like Big Bots with his partner in crime, Dr. Pants. Uh, with Dr. Pants now back in the rotation, we might be seeing some big bots showing up a little bit uh, more frequently soon. So look forward to that. Daryl, uh, you know, get back in the lab, get back to work. <laughs> Your six month break is over. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> uh, in addition to uh, We Like Big Bots, we also give bonus content for our Transformers Live Play RPG podcast, Empire of Rust. This week, we had the bonus version of Empire of Rust episode 103. It's Smurf, but for time. So this is the latest episode. This has the all the uncut uh, you know, outtakes, other stuff that's in this episode. You can only hear it. If you're a Donatron, uh, if you don't, if you're not a Donatron and you're still listening to Empire of Rust, you got to wait till next week to listen to the regular version of Empire of Rust 103. So you get it. You, if you're a Donatron, you get it early and you get extra content. So that's nice. And of this week, we also had a bonus Transmissions Extra show. So this was Transmissions Extra episode 53. This came out on Monday and so should be available to you right now. And our Empire of Rust Game Master Mike dived into the Transformers RPG from Renegade Games. So he and his friend Brandon check it out and create some characters for the Renegade Games Transformers role-playing game system. This is quite separate from the Empire of Rust system that Mike uses. So it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out and how it compares. So take a listen to that. Should be fun. And if you are interested in the Transformers role-playing game, 
this will give you a little taste of what's involved in it. So uh, you can see if you can uh, if you can check it out and play it yourself. Uh, again, we want to remind you that coming this Monday, so just a couple of days, we're doing our Transformers live or transmissions special Rise of the Beast spoiler reactions. So you can get in on this live stream. We're going to hear from you, all our listeners, about what you thought of Rise of the Beast. We're also going to have some special guests. Uh, we'll be there, too, of course. So, you know, we, we're going to give you our review in this episode, but we'll be we'll still be hanging around and we'll have some discussions there. So, you know, come hang out this Monday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or Eastern Daylight Time in the summer and uh, watch and hang out with us and talk about Rise of the Beasts. Did it live up to your expectations? Did it live up to the hype? Did you enjoy it or was it terrible? So those are all possibilities for what your opinion was. And if you're a Donatrion, be on the lookout. I'm going to post something on the Patreon site and in the Discord on how you can connect and, you know, quote, call in. So you have that information ahead of time before we start. It's you. You're, it's starring you in the live stream. <laughs> and the last little bit before we get into uh, the news, we have to remind you about our Toy Hacks code for June. That is Rewind. So uh, you can use our code Rewind at ToyHacks.com to get 15% off your orders. So everything you order from Toy Hacks, save 15% off your total order with Rewind. And use that code as much as you like for the month of June. Also, you can enter our contest for the Toy Hacks ten dollars gift code. That's at we do a drawing every at the end of every month. So at the end of June, we'll have another drawing. So if you are a Donatron, you're automatically entered into that contest. If you're not a Donatron, just send us an email to transmission or to contest at transmissionspodcast.com with a picture of the Transformer toy you'd like to get some stickers for so very easy to enter and uh, then we'll put you in the drawing for the end of the month so enjoy all right uh we're gonna start off the show before we get into our rise of the beast review we're gonna start off the show to talk about uh some of the big comics news this week although as i say this i'm in the time machine so i haven't actually seen all the big comics news yet but when we do see it, we're going to record another segment and put it in here. So it's going to be a little bit, it's a little bit uh, timey-wimey here. Also, Apollo can't make that future session, so she will disappear for a little bit. But then she'll be back for the Rise of the Beasts review. So, you know. It'll be a back to the future thing. We'll, we'll have fixed, yes. the, we'll have fixed the, the past and she'll have returned. Yes. yes. <laughs> I disappear because we're missing stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. So. We're going to start off with the comics news. Go. All right. We're in the future now. After we did our introduction to alt mode. And stay tuned after this segment for our Rise of the Beast. All our media news, Rise of the Beast news, and our Rise of the Beast review. Both our non-spoiler and spoiler review. That's coming soon. But right now we're talking about comics because we got comics news. Comics news. Where's Apollo? The- <laughs> <laughs> we'll, Charles screwed we'll something up with the timeline. <laughs> we can fix this. We can fix it. It's okay. We can fix it. 
<laughs> so we have been speculating for a long time about where the new Transformers comics are coming from, what the new home of Transformers will be. We've had a rumor for a long time. We've discussed the rumor several times in uh, on alt mode. And yeah, the rumor was true. It's Skybound. Image Skybound has gotten the license for Transformers comics. Robert Kirkman is spearheading the new relaunch of Transformers comics. But he, of course, he did it in a unique Robert way. way. <laughs> <laughs> so... This week is the first issue of Robert Kirkman's brand new comic in a brand new shared universe. It's Void Rivals number one. And of course, no, what's a Void Rival? Who are Void Rivals? When is Void Rivals? What is Void Rivals? Why is I don't know. How is is Void Rivals? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. What is it? We found out in the first issue. It's uh, it, it's you know, it's a very. It seems to be at least at the beginning a very uh, kind of self-contained story. Two alien race, alien uh, races who are at war with each other. They crash on on a planet. Both their ships are damaged, so they have to work together to figure out a way to escape. Uh, but of course, they hate each other because they're from these two warring races. Much like Autobots and Decepticons, but they're not Autobots and Decepticons. They're humanoid aliens who uh, are fighting each other. But, uh, you know, while they're exploring this desolate, deserted planet, they come across a broken down spaceship that's out of energy. They think, oh, the systems are compatible enough with our energy. We can we can give it a jump start. They give it a jump start. And it's not a ship. It's a transformer. And it turns into Jetfire, who uh, immediately <laughs> leaves them to their fate and does not, <laughs> does not re- attempt, does not, uh, does not even ask them if they're okay or if they need help. He just immediately says, "Oh, I've been offline for millions of years. What's happened to Cybertron? I gotta go. Sorry, gotta go. Peace and out. He's gone." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that was the big reveal for Void Rivals number one. Um, we had, you know, no one had any inkling about this ahead of time. I got an email from my comic shop a month ago saying, hey, this Void Rivals uh, new comic from Robert Kirkman is launching. Think you might be interested in it. Uh, so wait, maybe you want my, might want to put it on your pull list. And I looked, I was like, okay, it's a surprise. And the email says, there's a surprise at the end. I'm like, okay, I, I guess I'll put it on pull list. I have no idea what this is, but sure. And, and you didn't put together Kirkman... And we've been talking about this for so long. <laughs> Sorry. You're I, supposed to be I mean, the smart one on the podcast. <laughs> I know, right? I was, I mean, I wasn't a, even... This guy's a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you know I wasn't the one who leaked the story ahead of time. But yeah. someone, someone leaked it a few days before the comic dropped. So we did hear about this. We heard about this in time for recording alt mode back on Sunday. But we figured we'd wait until the comic was actually out. So we actually, this we're recording this on Wednesday. It's New Comic Book Day. I got my copies of Void Rivals. I have read them. We got all the information. So, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, so we're kicking off a new Transformers universe. Um, 
And now we have the official announcements. We have all every, everything is the press releases are out. Every, everyone knows the cat's out of the bag. So it's not just Transformers. It's Transformers and G.I. Joe in a shared universe, the Energon universe. So, of course, it Transformers are the core, the central component of the universe. G.I. Joe's in there. And then Robert uh, Kirkman's new Void Rivals characters are in there. But, of course, it, it everything revolves around Transformers. And Energon. So I guess we'll see what's going to happen. Now, we do we do have information about who's on the book. So, of course, the Void Rivals book came out today. This is by Robert Kirkman. Uh, art by Lorenzo DeFelici. Colors by Mateus Lopez. And letters by Russ w- Wooten. So that's issue number one debut today. Transformers uh, is not coming until October of this year and that is going to be written and drawn by Daniel Warren Johnson. Now I I mean I'm he's a he seems to be a very prolific artist uh, you know so I'm you know we can look forward to what he's going to do but I get nervous when you got one guy doing the writing and art on a monthly book. Yeah, that I mean hopefully he has a bit already done. Yeah. But yeah, I mean I don't I don't know his work other than the one image, which I think that's the image that we're showing right now is his work. But from what I'm hearing, other people are well aware of his work and excited about seeing him on Transformers. So I, I'm hopefully optimistic. And as uh, someone pointed out in Discord to you, Daryl, I mean, the Autobot symbols are drawn. So that's right. They are. <laughs> that's all you asked for, right? Hey, it's it's the sign of a competent artist to be able to draw the Autobot and Decepticon symbols. They're not easy. So a a good artist can draw them. Yeah, so I mean I just I I wonder how like how he's going to keep up a pace for a monthly comic book doing both writing and art. So I hope that means that eventually like after the first few issues, maybe art do this will rotate around or maybe there'll be another regular artist or maybe, you know, so I just I just I want it to be a, I want the monthly book to continue. So that's that's my yeah. concern. But uh, it, maybe he's a machine and can do it and and has no life and can, and can keep up that pace. I don't know. I mean, it, it's been done in limited series, but never on an ongoing for, yeah. for Transformers. Well. We were talking a little bit before we started recording that this uh, this has been in the works for a bit now, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Hasbro, uh, in an interview on Comics Beat with Kirkman, he said that Hasbro reached out to him two years ago, asked him to pitch. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I and mean, also two years ago, Daryl, during an <laughs> AMA, asked Robert Kirkman. Have you ever considered writing a Transformers book? <laughs> so that's true. And you want to read his answer because it's a little small for me. Yeah, he said he was part of a group going after license around the time that Pat Lee's company Dreamwave acquired it from Hasbro. I even wrote a script around that time. I don't believe it was any good, but that would probably be the closest I come to writing a Transformers comic since my focus is now and forever will be doing undoing new things. So he's a liar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> No, he, I mean, 
we'll we'll see where this goes. I'm I'm worried about the actual story because it it I, seems a little safe to me. I mean, I'm not going to call him a liar because no, he's not writing a Transformers comic. He's writing writing <laughs> Void Rivals. Yeah, no, I, I was the joking. Transformers are just appearing in it. So yeah. Um, but the point that I was going to make was that, that this is quite possibly has been in the works for quite some time. Yeah. And that this uh, uh, Daniel Warren Johnson could have put a number of issues in the can already. Yeah. So there could be a significant, uh, you know, number of issues ready to go. And that by October, when they start, you know, issuing these, these books monthly, maybe the ongoing is going to be 15 to 25 issues. Right. And he might already be yeah, 12 to 15 issues deep. Right. I mean, may- maybe this whole first phase of it will be mostly in the can by October. And then by the time he's ready to like have another artist come in, you know, his, his part will be done establishing the look and feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I do buy, uh, um, I wouldn't say a lot, but I do buy a good amount of image books. Um, most of them end up being just mini series, but they're like 12 issue mini series, right? So, they're 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 a good amount so i can i can see this you know this ongoing you know in fact being you know just a little bit longer maybe 15 to 20 issues because that is just over the you know the threshold of a mini series and then you could say okay well we've gone gone the the distance we need to do and we've told this one story let's cut this one off and start something else um there aren't many image titles that have gone a long way. There's only really two that are, are significant. And that one is spawn, which is now the record holder for the longest right. ongoing independent comic book at 300. And I don't know what they're at now, 330 something. Um, and then uh, um, I think it's Sa- so, well, savage dragon is, is oh, close behind yeah. it at, at uh, three hundred something, I think it's three hundred now. Well, but well, anyway, so they don't really tend to go real long over there at Image. Well, Kirkman did have two series that ran real long. I mean, we had Walking Dead, which went for over a hundred issues, and Invincible, which one hundred ninety-two, one hundred ninety-three. Uh, Walking Dead went for yeah, and Invincible I think was like one hundred and fifty something. So, mm-hmm. so I'd be ha- I'd be happy with a Transformers comic that went for over a hundred issues. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, and with the shared universe, I mean, he, having it planned out from the beginning to be a shared un- universe, I think is going to be a good thing yeah. because the the GI Joe Hasbro integration stuff, you know, in IDW was really kind of nailed on duct taped. I mean, it just <laughs> timing didn't really work and stuff, but this, yeah. you know, they're coming out with a Duke and a Cobra commander limited series in December and January that are supposed to tie in, but also work alone. And both of those are written by Joshua Williamson, who seems to be writing a little bit for everybody these days. And, you know, I I'm in for a book that he writes just on his name alone. So it's, 
I'm looking forward to seeing what what the whole universe yeah. is going to look like. And the the Duke series is art by Tom Riley, and the Cobra Commander series is art by Andrew Milana. And uh, there is mention in the in some of the articles. There's mention of a another secret ongoing series that's going to be announced later, which is probably going to be GI Joe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's will probably be announced later. But um, but My yeah, so pony. that's. <laughs> well idw still has my little ponies yeah, uh, there's, there has to be a crossover there <laughs> you know what i'd um, like to see just throwing this out there this we have no information with this at all i would love to see a comic told from the decepticon point of view right like mm-hmm. there's just it's just you know give us pick one or two you know decepticon protagonists and just tell the story from their perspective that would be nice, and and not, be an a, not a mustache twirling villain. Just yeah, they just, think they're doing the the good. You know, yeah, they're the heroes. Scavengers, of give us an on scavengers ongoing. Sure, <laughs> scavengers. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so that's that's the comics news. We've got Void Rivals. I I'm I'm in. I guess I, I'm in for all of these comics to have Void Rivals on my pull list. Um, and when tra- I guess uh, Transformers coming in October, so it comes on the July solicits. So it'll be on the just solicits next month. So yeah. put it on your pull list. And then Duke and Cobra Commander. I, I guess I'm in for those too. So at least the first you got me. You know, a couple issues. Yep. Uh, one thing that I thought was interesting in this this interview on Comics Beat with Robert Kirkman, I wanted to share that uh, he was asked like what his personal Transformer story is, and he's apparently the same age as me. Uh, and basically, watching Optimus Prime die in the '86 movie is probably what contributed to the shocking Walking Dead deaths, as he you know was processing that as an adult. Uh, I, I thought that that was really interesting. That's why Glenn died. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, it, I mean, he's like, he's, he's our age. He's like, you know, grew up with these things. So I'm, I'm optimistic, but, you know, still hesitant. We'll, we'll see, but I'm really yep. just ho- hoping that as they get things established, more of the, the previous Transformers artists will get a shot at, you know, contributing to it. Yeah, that that's something we would we would really love to see. Like bring back Andrew Griffith, Alex Milne, Casey Collar, uh, Corin Howell, Kazama, Kazama. So, yeah, so many great Transformers artists who worked for IDW over the years. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But yeah, that's the comics news. Excited. So this has been an exciting week for Transformers. We got Rise of the Beasts in theaters finally. We got new Transformers comics finally announced. What what's happening with new Transformers comics? And a cameo in a brand new issue that came out this week. So it's been a good it's been a good, good week for Transformers and uh so hopefully it this is a sign of good things to come crossing our fingers that this will be good. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's all our comics news. So we're going to send it back to the past and more Transformers media news and all that good stuff. So 
take us back and uh, we'll work on the flux capacitor and try to bring Apollo back, get her, uh, unerase un- her from existence. So here hey, come we on, go. Gigawatt. <laughs> All right. Wasn't that interesting? Comics news? <laughs> I-, I am shocked. Never would have thought that that would have happened. And now, now so glad we got Apollo, Apollo back. Yes, thank you for bringing me back. I disappeared because there was something wrong with the timeline. <laughs> we restored her existence. We did. Not, we, we saved her from being erased from existence. <laughs> yes, I appreciate not being erased from existence. Okay. Okay. Now we're gonna jump into our Transformers media news. Uh, the website Collider, and they are uh, they have an interview with uh, everyone's favorite uh, producer of the Transformers, Lorenzo de Bonaventura, and how hyped he is about uh, the Transformers One movie. That's uh, the animated movie that's coming out next year, and the fact that uh, Chris Hemsworth is going to be voicing. Optimus Prime. Uh, this movie uh, we've talked about it before. It is set for a September 2024 release, and uh, it is the one that is getting directed by um, Josh Cooley, and it has a, a very large, uh, very large cast that has been announced already, including um, uh, Scarlett Johansson, and uh, I'm totally blanking on the rest of them right now. Brian, uh, oh, there it is. Uh, is Megatron. Mm-hmm. That's right. And Keegan, Mike, Keegan, Michael Key, uh, John Hamm, Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, yeah. So, um, very cool. It's, uh, and I mean, I'm excited about this too. Uh, Peter Cullen can't voice Optimus Prime all the time. That's just kind of, I know people are really upset about that, but he cannot voice Optimus Prime all the time. Uh, there, I've said it. Well, uh, so if you want to read, you want to read the full article? You can there. Jeremy, I'm talking. I'm sorry. You can't speak. You have no time for your opinion. Uh, we're going to move on now. <laughs> Go ahead. What do you want to say? I'm just saying there's a quote here where it sounds like he wants to move from Chris Hemsworth, Hemsworth as Ryan Pax to Peter Cullen as Optimus Prime. And I'm worried about mm. that. I, I want I Chris Hemsworth to make that change into Chris Hemsworth as Optimus Prime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if this is just he's saying that Hemsworth will sound like the Cullen Optimus Prime, which again, I, I still don't, don't want that. I want Chris Hemsworth portrayal of Optimus Prime, not, not his portrayal of Peter Cullen. But we'll, mm-hmm. we'll see. I mean, really, Les Lorenzo is better in my mind. I I do appreciate that he did drop the Orion Pax name. So he knows that he knows that Optimus Prime is Orion Pax before he becomes Optimus Prime. So that that's that's good. That that gives mm-hmm. me confidence that that'll be in the movie. Mm-hmm. Lorenzo. L- listen, come in, come in for a second, guys. <laughs> Lorenzo, we know you're listening because you listen to everything that has your name attached to it. Lorenzo, you're terrible give up the license please give it to somebody else so anybody like you got a 17 year old nephew let them take it over somebody give it to somebody please anybody let's move on 
<laughs> Daryl Daryl does not speak for the entire transmission. Yes, that's the podcast disclaimer. crew. Yeah. Not officially. Daryl's opinion. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, so the Hollywood Reporter has an article out here saying that Transformers: Rise of the Beast has beat Spider Man with its sixty-five or sixty-point-five million dollar box office opening. That it needs to be clarified that it is Spider-Man's second week, uh, and uh, but it did in fact beat Spider-Man out on its uh, its second week. So uh, we have some numbers here to uh, to throw at you. Um, so Spider-Man did get fifty five point four million, uh, which was down fifty five percent from its first week. Uh, One hundred and ten million outside the U.S. and forty million in China. So those are some some. Lofty numbers. Good, good job, Rise of the Beast. Uh, Pretty sure all of those are more than Bumblebee. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's definitely definitely an improvement over Bumblebee. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about it in a second, but uh, there there are some definite opinions on on this movie. Well, he's uh, about the numbers. Yeah, the the no, numbers we'll are the, over I, Bumblebee. I have opinions on the numbers too. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the, the numbers don't change according to your opinion. <laughs> well, I think there's there's real numbers and then there's there's the factual numbers. <laughs> That's the same thing, Daryl. <laughs> it's not a metric and imperial thing here. <laughs> Moving on. We have we have facts and we have opinions. <laughs> That's right. Uh, up next, we have a uh, a new song. This is the Fighting Side by Side. It's the Chinese theme song for Rise of the Beast, and it is out now. Uh, and this is sung by uh, Gaia. I, I'm going to go with. Uh, it looks to be the pronunciation of the of the name. If it's not, I apologize. But uh, that is the name of the song, Fighting Side by Side, and uh, it is uh, it is a music video. Uh, there's a music video here. It is on the uh, the the TFW 2005 page, and you can view that. Uh, it does the video does feature several scenes from the movie. All um, uh, right, and then up next we've got uh, the score. So Jeremy and Charles got a chance to interview uh, the Rise of the Beast composer Jeanique Bonton, and the score that. Uh, was composed is now fully available on uh, Amazon music and Apple music. Um, And it does consist of 26 tracks and the titles can be very spoilery. So if you haven't seen it, maybe, um, maybe, uh, uh, you know, see the movie before you start reading the titles. Uh, Also, I I didn't mention it is also uh, available on Spotify. So there you go. And uh, you guys have started listening to that, right? So it's uh, I, I've listened um, to it a few times. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it is. is great. It's amazing job as, as always with these live action movies. The soundtrack or the score is one of the highlights. Mm-hmm. Awesome! I got to listen to it. I haven't done it yet, but I want to. I want to check it out. Yeah. All right, and lastly, we got a release date. <laughs> for the Rise of the Beast uh, DVD and Blu-ray. Um, so actually, maybe not a date. Do we have a date? Just listings. I don't think there's a date announced yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. So no worry. Sorry. Sorry, everybody. No date. Um, but we've got uh, we've got listings for the DVD, which is going to be 20 bucks. 
the Blu-ray plus a digital copy is going to be $24.99. And then a 4K uh, Blu-ray is going to be $29.99. These have all shown up on the Target website. And uh, yeah, so I guess you can pre-order it now. All right, so I think that's all our media news. So now we've got the big media news, which is our Rise of the Beasts review. All right, we've all seen it, some of us multiple times. (laughs) And we are all, I'm planning to see it again. I haven't gotten a chance to, but we got to see Rise of the Beasts last week. Uh, we all, uh, you know, have some impressions. I think what we're going to do, so just giving a warning to everyone who is watching or listening, we're going to start off with some spoiler-free thoughts, just general spoiler-free thoughts, and then we'll get into the spoiler talk. So, uh, you know, we'll warn you when we're getting the spoilers, but once once we do, that'll be it. So, uh, but you're still good right now, but we're right, but we'll we'll tell you just a little bit. And that's the rest of the show, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can just be done with the show if you want to avoid spoiler. Yeah. Yeah. So um so yeah, so if you hadn't got a chance to see it, just just be warned. Now, um f- starting off with our non-spoiler just, you know, general thoughts, I was I was pretty happy with the movie. Like uh, I we did our our instant reactions that's already up on YouTube. I said it 8 out of 10. I I I, I Yes, you you were yeah. in the U.S. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I said it was an eight out of ten. I think that's a that's uh, that's still my impression at this point. After having thought, you know, having seen it and then having you know having just mulled you know mulled about it, thought about it over the last few days. Uh, it was a very, um, you know, uh, it was a very good departure from the previous uh, Bay movies in terms of. The Transformers got more focus. It was it more. It felt like it was more their story, uh, and you, we got a lot of their, you know, it, everything focused on them. And the human be the humans were also had a had a, a component in the story, but I would say this one it was more like seventy thirty Transformers humans, whereas like the previous Bay movies have always been like sixty forty in favor of humans, uh, and this one was definitely more heavily focused on the transformers um and, you know the first act was a little bit more human heavy just to set up the two human the two main human characters but after the first act it's pretty much all transformers all the time uh with the humans still there and and hanging out and and having dialogue but the, the transformers really draw the focus which is what you want in a transformers movie this is what i've always said is like you know give me transformers in a transformers movie um it's it's not a you know it's not a super amazing story it's a, it's pretty simple straightforward story but I did appreciate all the um, the references to Transformers lore and backstory and everything and and how they weave that together um, and I think it was a uh, you know it it was uh, it's a I hope this is like a sign of where we're going for future movies is that we're we're continuing in this direction I liked uh, like we had some character growth from Optimus Prime I mean it is kind of set in like before he's the Optimus prime that we kind of know and love as, you know, in as the, I'll say G one Optimus prime, I guess, but this Optimus prime is a little bit more, he's a little bit rougher. Like he's just, he's, it's like his, he's, you know, he's just come to earth 
so he's a little bit less you know less less warm and cuddly i would say um but he he gets that growth in the movie so like where he ends up at the end of the movie is um you know where we think of him as uh as you know our our g1 optimus prime so i think uh I was I was pretty happy with it, and the human characters were not annoying. They were they were fun and, and really, and the actors are good too. Like I, I like uh, Anthony Ramos and uh, Dominique Fishback. I thought they did a great job in their performances, um, and uh, I you know I was I was pretty happy with the, with how everything went. So um, I have some specific uh, criticisms, but I'll save that for the spoiler stuff. But uh, overall, I was I was pretty happy. So. Um, Daryl, I'm going to shift it over to you because we, uh, we, uh, I think we've, we've all like been talking about it, uh, over the last week, but since you were kind of incognito at work, we haven't really heard much from you about, about what you thought. So, uh, so let her rip. Well, um, I, uh, I really, really liked Anthony Ramos and Dominic Fishback. I thought they were both excellent, um, additions to the Transformers human cast um the uh i what can i say that's not spoilery i loved the um the 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 use of the the porsche 911 uh how they how they used it in the movie for mirage um as a car guy, that's a gorgeous car. I'm, you know, it's whether you're a car guy or, or a car person, sorry, a car person. <laughs> um, Thank you. <laughs> that is a, uh, a beautiful vehicle. And uh, that was, it was, I mean, you could kind of tell that Porsche was part of the production on this because that was showcased very well. Um, and uh, it, it, it was, uh, it was nice to see it, and and they had some uh, they had some good scenes with that with that vehicle. Um, the uh, the the movie was shot in a way that um, emphasized some of the uh, exotic locations really well, and I and I really liked that. Um, the um, uh, the Um, what else can I say here? Uh, I felt the story was somewhat lackluster, um, and, uh, and really, uh, could have used a significant, um, I mean, I'm a guy who likes the punchy, punchy, fighty, fighty stuff. Um, and, uh, this movie was not short on that, but it got to a point where uh, I kind of wanted some more dialogue. Um, So, and so, yeah, I mean, there was some, there was some things that I I really just uh, um, felt like the movie was kind of lacking there. Uh, So I'll save the rest of it because I really don't want to spoil anything at this point, but um but I do have some more specific stuff. Yeah. Okay. Apollo, what about you? 
You've seen it the most, so you ha- you probably have very very clear opinions. <laughs> yeah, so I got to see it um, last Monday, um, June fifth. I got invited to a press showing um, by Mike Seibert, who's a friend of the show, and then I saw it at the fan event Wednesday, and then I went again Friday. So um, <laughs> I really liked it. You know, I'm agreeing with both of your comments so far. Um, you know, it wasn't a perfect like 10 out of 10 film, but it was entertaining and it was so much fun. Um, I really liked the human characters, which, you know, has been a problem in most of the Transformer movies. Um, I also liked that the bots had a lot of dialogue and a lot of character growth and development, which in um, you pointed out, Charles, you know, they were kind of sideline characters in most of the other movies, except the Bumblebee movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I agree with you, Daryl. Like, I feel like there needs to be a little more dialogue. Like, I like in, I don't know if this is going to count as spoilers, but like in comparison to Bumblebee, like Bumblebee had a lot more heart and dialogue. This was way more action packed, which was, it was nice, you know, cause I feel like Bumblebee could have used a little more of that too. Um, I am very shocked in a good way. Like Mirage turned out to be my favorite character. So um, Pete Davidson, I am sorry that I talked bad <laughs> about you when I found out you were cast for this film. Don't so, worry. Don't, don't be sorry. He's yeah, trash. Don't be. Okay. No, but like, I, I mean, I don't know the guy, but like he did a good job as Mirage. Like he made him really fun. And like, I was laughing so much at what he was saying and doing. And um, I really liked his friendship with uh, Noah. So, um, and I really, really liked um, seeing, you know, just all the humans interacting too, like with Noah and his own brother and stuff. And um, it's a good movie. Like, I'm not going to see it again in movie theaters. <laughs> Three times is enough for me. <laughs> I will wait for the D- the Blu-ray release. Um, but it was really good. And the score was really good. The music, um, you know, I have like the main theme stuck in my head now. Uh, so yeah, those are my non-spoiler spoiler thoughts. I have a lot of spoiler thoughts, but I will not be talking about those because I disappear for a bit during this episode. So <laughs> you'll have to hear those a different time, I guess. Well, no, you can. You, we're gonna we're gonna do it right now. So just oh, we are. Oh, just, okay. wait, yeah, just wait a few minutes. Wait, <laughs> you, you'll still be here in a few minutes. I hope. Oh, okay, good. Oh, okay. Good. Don't disappear okay. yet. I won't disappear yet. Okay, good. If, if I won't go, oh, I don't feel so good. And <laughs> oh, oh, no, oh no, oh no, no, that won't happen. You guys already saved me. You saved me. Okay, all right. Earlier, so I'm good. I'm not gonna be like pulled through the multiverse or anything i'm good (laughs) yeah okay jeremy what about you what are your thoughts yeah i I have to agree with thanks daryl (laughs) 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 no one ever expects the daryl cook um but i I have to agree i thought this was a lot of fun It, it was definitely a summer blockbuster you know uh formula that you know it, it didn't take too many risks you know and the, the plot was basically you have to go from a to b to c which is fine it, it i wasn't really looking for a complicated movie it was easy to follow it was um you know you, you had enough 
set up in Act One for the payoffs in Act Two and Three. And uh, I also agree that um, the two human characters were it's probably some of the best human characters we've had in the live action movies. Um, they they contributed in meaningful ways to the story that it wasn't really a stretch. And I, I thought that really worked out well. We, um, we had a nice kind of parallel arc with Anthony Ramos's character and with Optimus Prime. There's some similarities there that did also make sense. And, you know, some, some nice kind of payoffs. And like you said, the, the arc that they gave Optimus Prime was great where, you know, seeing him come into a more familiar version. And my wife, when we, we saw it as a family today, she was like, um, she was telling me that when we, you know, the early parts of the movie, she was like, man, this Optimus Prime is a douche. And then, you know, at the end, she's like, okay, he, he came into yeah. what she would expect Optimus Prime to be. So really good character arcs there. Uh, I do wish that some of the... Um, some of the beast characters had more lines. Some of them were more action than, you know, I think um, one only had a handful of lines. The other had no lines, but you know, you, you're paying your voice cast a lot of money. So the, the less name actors are going to have smaller parts. But I, I'm really hoping that we have a more Beast-focused movie after this that uh, can kind of expand the universe. No, Daryl just can't wait for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> as a Beast Wars fan, I, I am really happy that some of the, the concepts of Beast Wars came through pretty much unscathed. And I, I won't really get into a lot of that at this point, but I, I, as a Beast Wars fan, I am very happy. I thought that Ron Perlman did a great job of, as Optimus Primal. Um, the, really, a lot of the robot voices were great. Like, Mirage was was great. I, I didn't know what to expect going in, and I thought it was good. Um, and the, the music, both the score and the soundtrack, really great. As a white guy that grew up in the South, in the nineties, <laughs> I wasn't familiar with hardly any of the songs, but I enjoyed the soundtrack. Um, so yeah, I, I think I'm going to save my other thoughts for, um, the spoiler section, but thoroughly enjoyed it. And I would agree with Charles that eight out of 10 is probably what I would have rated it to. It, um, it, it was just easily, up there with Bumblebee as like in my instant reaction, I put it up there with Bumblebee and the 2007 movie. I think it's firmly with Bumblebee as the, one of the best uh, live action movies and, you know, just a lot of heart. And yeah, yeah, I think that's all, all I can say (laughs) non-spoilery. All right. So yeah. Unanimous uh, decision from the Transmissions Podcast. So far, we haven't heard from Mike or Doctor Pants yet, but uh, so far, unanimous decision that uh, we we enjoyed the Transformers, the Rise of the Beast movie. So, 
you know, gives we give it our our seal of approval. So if you haven't checked it out, go check it out. Uh, let us know if if you if you don't agree with us too. So join us on the nineteenth. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. <clears throat> I mean, all right. I thought it was. I thought it was okay. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not okay. saying great. Right. I'm not going. Okay. I'm not going eight out of ten. I'm maybe about six. Okay, mm, that's no. fine. That's fine. <laughs> Daryl's no longer affiliated with transmissions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so that so we did our our spoiler free thoughts. Now we're getting full spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, shut it off now. Shut off the podcast now. Uh, we're getting into the details. Uh, stop. You know. This is your last warning. We're getting into spoilers. Spoilers are coming right now. Okay? You heard me? All right. Okay, Apollo, I'm I'm going to let you go first. What so, you know, let us know what uh you know, your full uh thoughts what, you know, highs and lows, whatever however you want to structure. What do you, what did you think? Wow, I have a lot of thoughts and opinions. <laughs> so, um, I, as I said earlier, I really enjoyed the movie. Uh, I thought they did a really good job incorporating the Beast Wars characters. I was very concerned, very concerned about that. Like, you know, as a Beast Wars fan, like growing up, um, I was very happy with them. I really liked Air Razor's character a lot in the film. Um, so uh, I might as well start off with spoilers. So with her dying, that was really sad to me. I was just like, what? And we didn't <laughs> get to see her robot mode either, which yeah. is really annoying. And also with um, Cheetor and Rhinox, we didn't really get to see theirs for very long either. So those were like criticisms. I guess I'll start off with criticisms. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, thought it was very interesting that they had Optimus really skeptical and um, unsure and really kind of hostile about humans. I was really shocked by that. You know, I think, you know, Jeremy, earlier you said your wife said that, you know, he's kind of a douche. She's like, yeah, he was like, this is not the Optimus I was expecting, you know. Um, and that's what like, Optimus Primal says that in the movie. Yeah, yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. He totally says that. He's like, oh, I was named after this guy. This is not the guy. And Air Razor's just like, yeah, but he's had a lot of loss. You know, you have to understand that. You know, he's been stranded on this planet for seven years. Um, you know, and it was brought up earlier, you know, that Noah and him both are having this like parallel arc where it's kind of like, I will do whatever it takes to get what, you know, to protect my family, you know, with, you know, the whole thing with um, Noah and his little brother, I love their relationship as siblings. Um, And the whole thing with his brother having the, um, I'm guessing it's sickle cell. Yeah. Yeah. That was really heartbreaking. And just, you know, just showing how the American healthcare system is so messed up where he's denied healthcare. (laughs) Been messed up since the 90s. Yeah, since the 90s. It's been like, what, years? And it's still messed up. And my heart really went out to that, you know, so it pushes, you know, you know, Noah, he's, you know, trying to do the right thing. You know, he goes to the job interview, he gets denied, you know, and they tell him, oh, you know, when the comment when the the guy who was going to hire him is like, I don't want someone like you to mess up what I've built. And then when he's like, you don't even know me. It's like, 
it's like it really hurt, you know, I really felt that, you know, um, and, you know, and then he's pushed to doing a life of crime, you know, which is how, you know, he discovers Mirage and whatnot. But it's, you know, I really liked that they like did a spotlight on this, um, you know, and maybe some change will actually come from this because it's just so, you know, it's just it's really crazy just how the system is um, right now. But I really liked, you know, how, you know, he, him and Mirage first meet, you know, like he's trying to rob him, you know, like, you know, um, unlock him. And then the door locks again. He's like, wait, what? And his friend was really funny. He's like, do those breathing exercises. And it's just like, I'm just laughing and love seeing all the Easter eggs, you know, for all the stuff of 1994. I really liked they showed the Twin Towers. I know a lot of movies um, try to avoid showing that skyline of New York. I'm, gl- I'm actually glad they did that because, hey, they were there in 1994. Um, other things that I caught watching it because I've seen it three times now was they had like the OJ Simpson trial on like a security guard did at one point. And Jeremy, you were saying earlier before the show, someone figured out like the exact date. Yeah. I can't remember. Place. I think it was new rock stars. Some, one of those uh, channels that go kind of into details. It was the Bronco chase that they were showing and they were mm-hmm. like, well, if they're showing the Bronco chase as news, then this is the exact date that it happened. I can't remember what the date was, mm-hmm. but it was the exact date in 1994, which is just kind of awesome. Yeah. And I remember yeah. I was in social studies class. That oh, <laughs> <when wow. it laughs> yeah. I remembered I was in elementary school and it, like it came up like even in elementary school, which is really weird actually um, now thinking back on that. But um, no, and I liked Elena's character too. You know, they they the movie highlighted once again, like you know how she was being mistreated, and um, you know as an intern, you know, and like her um, boss was taking all the credit for her work, and um, you know, I really liked you know the, the both the, the main human characters in this film, and I really liked um, how she had a lot of compassion for the Autobots and optimists, you know, really, you know, tried to understand them. And um, there was a quote that she said in the movie where it was, they were talking about her father because her father is a cabbie driver. And she was saying, you know, if you keep your, my dad used to say, if you keep your eyes and ears open, life will show you the way. And I thought that was just a really powerful quote too. So, um, you know, so that was really good. Like, so those are, like a lot of my, like, I guess, initial thoughts on the movie. Um, I could talk about it for quite a bit. Like I noticed um, a lot of stuff on Scourge's arm too. And I think I posted about this in the discord talking with you guys. Like there is all, you know, he has Autobot Decepticon symbols on his arm. You know, these are his prizes for people he's killed there was also the wreckers symbol the elite guard autobot symbol a quintesson symbol um jeremy i think you pointed out what was the other symbol the predacon the predacon symbol um i'm sure there were more um and then if you are watching the movie again when elena's on the computers like looking at those research papers like in the captions, oops, in the captions, it actually mentions like Optimus Primal by name. 
Like, and I couldn't read fast enough to read what else it said. So I'm going to stop talking so someone else can talk. But like, <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed this movie. Like, I wouldn't say it's a perfect movie. The plot is not, it's straightforward. You know, it's not complicated. As uh, DJ wrote here, it's safe. You know, it was a safe story, but I still enjoyed it. Yeah. All right, Daryl, why don't, why don't you get into some of your thoughts? <clears throat> okay. Um, so... I alluded to uh, the fight scenes and stuff like that. Um, so I found a lot of the fight scenes to be, uh, well, too close perhaps to the characters that were involved in the main fighting I f- or, or maybe that the camera moved too quickly around them as they fought. I just, if, it's different than the Bay movies because the Bay movies, the characters were all the same color and it was hard to follow them in their fighting. In this one, they were hard to follow because the camera, I felt like the camera was moving too fast and it was too close to the characters. Um, So that was my, my major critique about the fighting. Um, And it was the, the, the CGI was done wonderfully um, everything looked really crisp and clean. And, um, but, but as far as that, that goes, I've always, I found it hard to follow the fighting just because everything was just so close and quick. Um, I mean, whether it was supposed to be made to make you feel like you were part of it, I'm not sure, but it, it felt, and I, my seats were at the very back of the theater. Um, and they, I was still, it was still like too quick for me. Um, the, uh, the, the, the fact that there's always a MacGuffin in these movies, uh, can we, I mean, does it always have to have a MacGuffin? Um, that's it. it it's, it's a little bothersome that there's, they're always looking for something. They're always chasing something or look, you know, somebody's, chasing down another character because they found something that these other guys want. The MacGuffin part starting to drive me a little crazy. Um, the, uh, um, what else? The, uh, um, I, I adored the, uh, Apollo said it, the relationship between, uh, the the brothers the the two the Anthony Ramos's character and his younger brother Noah um, and Chris Noah and Chris right mm-hmm. and uh, I thought that that was a wonderful little you know like C plot that was just kind of put in there that was just kind of you know a, a great little uh, piece that you could show the problem being is that the U S audience is really the only one that kind of gets any kind of, you know, n- kind of recognizes that the fact that their healthcare system is shit, um, mm-hmm. because the rest of the world has decent healthcare. Most of the rest of the world, anyway, developed nations do. And, you know, so anywhere else in the world, they see that and, and they're like, well, just go to the hospital. And, and so when we see that in a movie, it 
it's either one makes us feel sorry for the U.S. or two confuses us because we don't understand that you guys can't just go to the hospital. Um, the um, I enjoyed some of the other uh, the other characters, some of the the uh, the the random characters like his little uh, licorice eating friend, the cr- <laughs> crime master that he was. Um, I don't remember his Reek. name, but he was hilarious. Reek. Reek. Is- that's that's yeah. Toby in Wigway, right? That's the. Oh, that's was it? The guy Wigway. Reek. Yeah. Okay. He's uh, he's hilarious. I love that. That that was funny. Um, and uh, and yeah. So I I enjoyed his little addition to it. Um, and uh, if this uh, if this franchise continues down this storyline. I'd love to see him kind of continue in it in this kind of uh, uh, role. Similarly to how, um, man, I can't remember his name, but the uh, the one guy that talks really fast in the Ant Man uh, franchise. Oh, yeah, yeah. What's his name? Luis. Luis. Yeah, yeah. How he's uh, you know he starts off the series as a crime guy, and then he's uh, you know they're terrible at crime, but they're you know. But by the uh, end of it, they're all kind of like in business together. So, yeah, because he he obviously knows at the end of the movie, you know, who Mirage is. Um, the Maximals uh, were an OK group of of characters. Uh, I really would have preferred to see them transform more. Uh, you know, Apollo is right, you know, uh, that. Obviously, we don't get to see Air Razor's robot mode at all, um, and the um, the the rest of them only transform during the final battle. Which, again, getting back to my first point, was really hard to see who was doing what. Um, and because you don't see them until that final battle, you really don't know what the heck you're looking for. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think they. I think what they wanted to do was save that because you you have that line at the end where he says maximals maximize and that's supposed to be like the oh shit moment where they all transform. But if you but, you know, unfortunately, that means you don't transform them at all for the rest of the movie. And that kind of sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I I would have taken or been happy if he had done a maximized line earlier in the movie with less emphasis and then when he like yells it out on the battlefield, it would still have well, that impact. Each character yeah. can also transform themselves, right? Yeah. So, you know, why didn't the, each one of them do it? And it, it, you could have them each do their own little thing. But yeah. anyway, it doesn't matter. They should have done it. Um, it would have been nice. The uh, the major reveal at the end of the movie with the shared universe is huge. Um We've do- we've discussed it. I don't know how many times that Sector Seven in the Babe movies should have been GI Joe from the beginning, yeah. and I think the whole internet is agree agrees with us. This is the way it should have been, and it seems like this is the way they're going to go with it. And yeah, it's it's a no brainer when you think about it. Like it's yeah. just the way it needs to be. So I love how they they led you thinking that it was going to be Sector Seven. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I've only seen the movie once. And at the end of the movie, when they show that you know, area of G.I. Joe 
space. I'm, I was, cause I don't think he had flipped the card over yet. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. Maybe he had, but he's, no, you're, you're right. You're right. They, right. they, they opened it up. No. They opened up first before mm-hmm. you see him flip the card over. Right. So yeah. I was scanning that whole area, trying to find something. What the hell is he looking at? What's in there? Right. And honestly, I mean, other than the crashed spaceship that's down in the corner, I didn't see anything that really gave anything away. Now I may have missed something, something small mm-hmm. that I didn't see, but there's didn't really see nothing in there. Vehicles I didn't either. No, there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously the flip over of the card is the big reveal. And, and I mean, it's huge. Did, and we've all seen it. So when Bumblebee jumps from the plane, did people in your theaters clap? Yes. Yeah. All yeah. three times. Okay. Because yeah. it happened in yeah. mine as well. And I'm and like, really? People my really? kid, like, he, he was, I could tell he was upset when Bumblebee died. And when mm. okay. he saw he was back, he was so happy. Mm. All right. I mean, I, I just, the, the, they chose the exact perfect track for that when they, yeah. as, as soon as, as, soon as he <laughs> yeah. played, and they, they start playing LL Cool J, Mama said, knock you out. That's, that was the perfect mm. song choice there. It's, uh, I recognize I mean, that song. I I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got that reference. Um, I uh, so we must be underestimating exactly how popular Bumblebee is with the mm-hmm. the crowd that is of the Bay Movie era mm-hmm. because th- I saw him come back and I mean we knew he was coming back. Right, because we saw the uh, we saw the little the toy Energon mm-hmm. coming from the towards the hand and whatever, and mm-hmm. you know, also it's in the freaking trailer. Yeah, they they <laughs> they spoiled they spoiled both his death and his return in the trailer. Yeah, yeah. 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 the trailers gave so much away. <laughs> they mm-hmm. they show Scourge yeah. impaling Bumblebee in the trailer, and then they show they show Bumblebee jumping out of the plane in the mm-hmm. trailer. So it's like. If you're watching the movie, you're like, wait a minute. He didn't jump out of the plane yet. Oh, he's coming back at the end of the yeah. movie. I mean. <laughs> yeah. So I, 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 I love and I hate trailers for that exact reason. Um, Cause they can get you really pumped up and you really want to see the movie. And then they also ruin the movie for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, would Bumblebee have made that big of a difference? I guess he did. Um, the, the, the Terracons, uh, I mean, Battle Trap really was a nothing character. There was nothing to Battle Trap. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nightbird was actually pretty cool. I, mm-hmm. I liked Nightbird quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have liked to have seen her car mode a little bit more cause she's got an awesome vehicle mode mm-hmm. and, uh, I, and I I mean the the kind of car chase esque fight between Prime and and uh, and Scourge that happened on the side of the mountain that was really cool the fight that happened and over top of everybody um, that that was awesome but I'm really from all of the movies Bay ones included I'm really hoping for a a legitimate car chase with robots 
So they did a car chase in the 07 movie with Bumblebee and Brarricade. Mm-hmm. But what I want is a car chase where they, one of them, when they catch up to each other, they stop, transform, fight a little bit, and then one of them gets away and drives off again, right? Until the other one catches them, and then they fight some more in robot mode. I want a legitimate car chase with a fight every, you know, every now and then. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it it kind of happened in the 07 movie, but not to the extent that I, I was hoping for. Yeah, I mean, well, um, like, because uh, I recently rewatched Bumblebee, what, he would transform part of his car mm-hmm. and like like when he was like you know trying to hold onto the railing he would transform part of his car to hold on mm-hmm. and that's the kind of stuff i was hoping we would get more of mm-hmm. right i i think there was a pretty good car chase scene in dark of the moon i i can't i haven't wa- that, rewatched what? it in a long was, time i don't know what that was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but um but they, they, I mean, I do remember, like, I remember watching that in the theater and like, you know, mm-hmm. Bumblebee's drive, Sam, you, you've got Sam Witwicky in the, in the car with Bumblebee. He's driving, the, the Decepticons are chasing him. They're like, they, he does some kind of jump on a bridge or something. He transforms, like has Sam in the air and then shoots the Decepticons and transforms back into the car around, um, mm-hmm. around Sam. I mean, so I, I have to rewatch the scene to see just how extensive it was but that was mm-hmm. i do remember that being a pretty cool car chase moment so. i just know as a car guy that there are some movies that are known for amazing car chases and these movies feature robots that turn into vehicles <laughs> why can we not get a single one of these movies to have an awesome car chase right like I can name off a couple movies, like a, at least a hand's worth of movies that are amazing car chase movies, and none of them are Transformers movies. It just it drives me nuts. You could have some, yeah. an amazing car chase, and they 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 just can't do it. Um, yeah, but we, did, we hardly got any of RC's uh, motorcycle mode too. Yeah, what the hell? Yeah. I mean, she was a badass, right? And I and I enjoyed mm-hmm. her in the movie, but she really didn't get that much screen time. No. Um, was there, I mean, where was, did we not see in a trailer a part where she just kind of, somebody looks at her and she just kind of gives like the thumbs up or whatever? Yeah, that, that yeah. scene yeah. was not in the movie. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was, was a lot of stuff in the, the trailers. Movie. Yeah, I noticed yeah. a lot of stuff in the trailers that were misdirects or cut out. Yeah. Yep. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't mind a, a, you know, a director's cut maybe of this to see what mm-hmm. they could do, you know, what Stephen Capel Jr. would, what would like to have left in the movie. Um, but, uh, I mean, the whole aspect of Unicron, uh, is Unicron, like, is that possible for a continuation? Is this the Unicron saga for the live action? Is this, you know, Unicron still out there? Cause, is Unicron transformable? It looked like he possibly was. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I'd like to. Uh, I'd like to think that Unicron's not gone because, you know, I want to see a giant robot try and destroy a planet. That'd be cool. <laughs> um, well, the um, Stephen Cable Jr. said he thought that Unicron could form a trilogy. Like, yeah. so the, mm-hmm. I, I don't. I, I think the ending implies that Unicron is still out. I think even they say in the at one of the characters says yeah. he's still trapped. Yeah. yeah, but he's still out there. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would like to see even beyond the trilogy where Unicron could be the culmination of the shared universe, like mm-hmm. 
G.I. Joe, mm. the, the, the guy mentioned one of the things they do is planetary loss prevention, which I thought mm-hmm. was a great term. Um, I like that. You know, so establish G.I. Joe, like you've introduced them, establish them, maybe Noah moves over to, to them. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, have a culmination like an Avengers style movie where Unicron's the big bad and they all have to team up and work together to defeat them. Mm-hmm. That's my goal. Yeah. yeah. And the, so the last thing that I have is um, about midway through the movie, Optimus just calls up Stratosphere and he shows up to haul their asses to Peru. Um, who else is on the planet? Like mm-hmm. Wheeljack, you know, obviously. Yeah. Who's, Wheeljack <laughs> is around, right? So who's el- who else is hanging out? Like, could he have You'll not... see in the next movie, Daryl. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, here they are fighting for their lives, and there's four of them? Five mm-hmm. of them? What? Like, I mean, you think he would have called for backup or saying, look, we're getting our asses handed to us, you know, get to Peru. Um, mm. Or wherever the hell he was. I don't know where he was. I think he was yeah. in Peru. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so... I mean, I know the answer to the question that it is obviously it's too expensive to make that many different characters. Um, but how many characters were there? Where are they? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm done for now. <laughs> All right, Jeremy, it's your All time right. to shine. Well, uh, first off, a it, this is definitely a reboot. This is. <laughs> In my mind, the Beast Wars time travel spun off the Bayverse into their own thing. And <laughs> the, you know, basically the interaction between Primal and, and Prime is where the timelines diverge. That That's how I'm reconciling everything. I'm not trying to make it work with any of the Bay movies anymore. This is it. Um, I have a nitpick. It's a a really tiny nitpick, but when Elena was using her computer looking up the stuff, you could clearly see that she was using Windows ninety five, and this was taking place in nineteen ninety four. That <laughs> she would be using Windows three point one. Windows ninety five did come out in Windows ninety four. Did not, Daryl. I was at the launch event. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't at the big one, but I was at a local launch event. It came out in August 1995. Did it? Yeah. Mm, you just didn't get an early version. Well, I, <laughs> a, a, a small museum in on Ellis Island would also not get an early version. But anyway, that, that's just my, a little nitpick that I noticed on my second viewing. Um, I, I think... Um, one thing that one of my friends, uh, Jim Black, posted on Facebook that I told him I was going to steal. Uh, he said he, that this is literally a film with animals and a dude named Noah attempting to save the world from a global extinction level event at the hands of a god. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. Um, yeah. Th- this, it was a lot of fun. Um, I can't really disagree with a lot of what Daryl said. It, the, of course you can't. <laughs> there were some things that really should have been explained a lot better. Um, the, the Beast Wars time travel stuff, 
it was just a one line thing. And if you're not familiar with Beast Wars, it probably went right over your head. I had to explain it to my kid. Um, but it is clear that that is what they, they meant. You know, Beast Wars characters did come from the future to the past. And that's where the, um, you know, the, um, the time, like when they left their planet, that's what they, they were doing. They were going to the past. Yeah, they 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 should have had some more exposition. Like in, they had a perfect moment when when Optimus Prime is like, "Your name is Optimus Primal," and then he says, "Oh, right. I named I I'm named after you to honor you." And he's like, right. The follow up question is, "Wait, how are you named after me? <laughs> like, right. yeah. You were yeah, I mean, you were on this planet 500 years before I got here. How are you named after mm-hmm. me?" I really I wonder if there's some scene that was cut that mm-hmm. went into more exposition, but mm-hmm. um. I am really hoping that they didn't name the original planet, but in my mind, it's Eucharist mm. from, you know, <laughs> it, it means nothing to anybody, but in my mind, that's, that would be a nice little deep cut. But, um, I really like how they took Noah's character and, you know, showed us at the beginning his skills with electronics and, you know, you kind of get hints of his military background, but he clearly wasn't a team player. And that's kind of been his MO throughout life is he has all these skills, but he never really gets to take advantage of it or he never really gets the shots and stuff because he's not a team player and kind of messes up his own chances and through the story he you know learns to be part of a team and then optimus's parallel storyline as well I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it i want to know what kind of walkie-talkies he was using though that could go mm-hmm. from new york to peru <laughs> mm-hmm. well mirage was boosting the signal yeah yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah, I, I thought that was cool. I, I like the Sonic Tails nicknames that they had for each other. Mm-hmm. I thought that, that was cool. Cute. Um, I, I noticed in the credits the first time I say it all through the credits and they had, they gave like recognition to DC in there. And I'm wondering, I know they made, made that Superman reference, but I'm wondering was the comic that Chris was reading, was it a Superman comic? I'm thinking it might've been. Mm. Mm. I missed that. So he was wearing a Power Rangers shirt. Well, yeah, Hasbro and a Game Boy had a Game Boy. Yeah, the Game Boy was nice. Although I don't really think there was a Game Boy game where Mario fought Bowser. No, there wasn't. (laughs) So I caught that too. I was like, Mm -hmm. "Mm -mm." (laughs) yeah, little things like that. I mean, you would think though with the Sonic Tails thing, they would have had a Game Gear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but. Mm Was Tails even around then, 94? I mean, it was, um, Tails was in Sonic 2. When did okay. Sonic 2 came out? I don't know. So I was a Nintendo guy. Yeah. But anyway, I, I I really, I think Rhinox had no lines in the movie. Yeah. And that kind of upset me a little bit because Rhinox in, in Beast Wars was always kind of the, one of the like wiser characters and he was also one of the, he was the engineer, essentially. Cheetor had a couple lines, but Air Razor was really good. I really enjoyed Air Razor, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, Michelle Yeoh is you know good in everything she does. 
Uh, I really like what they did there with her, um, her arc, even like kind of, you know, making the ultimate sacrifice, telling primal, this is what has to be done. And yeah, it just, Um, what? Oh, I had a question with her, like getting shot by scourge. Was that cosmic rust? I don't know. I, I, I just took it as some kind of, um, corruption thing. Like maybe that's how his, like the other Terracons were created. I, I, I've thought of it like as a, since he was like, they were all, the Terracons were all powered by Unicron. It was like some, like a, a, a Unicron. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Dark Energon. There you go. Dark Energon. That's a good Yeah. Unicron Venom. You, you put, you, Put on someone and it because because it was corrupting her to the point where she was like about to become a zombie a unicron zombie so you know mm-hmm. that's what it was doing to her okay yeah. um uh, oh by that. the way so- sonic 2 came out in 1992 so okay. yeah we're good, there. We're good on that <laughs> all right yeah. um the the fights i really do agree with daryl on that the the way it was shot it was hard at times to see what was going on. Although it was good that Bumblebee had like was out of the picture at one point, because then if you saw yellow, you know, it's either battle trap or Cheetor. you don't have to see if it's also Bumblebee, but having the color on the, uh, all the different characters really did help because you had all, all of the little like drones or whatever you want to call them that were basically all silver, you know, easy to kind of tell who the, the cannon fodder was and who the, the main characters were. Mm-hmm. But, um, see, I can't really think of anything else right off the bat. I mean, I'm sure as we talk, I'll have more things, but this was still, it was a solid eight out of 10 movie. It heads and tails above, all the Bay movies, except, you know, the 07 movie was, it's a close behind it. So. Yep. All right. So I, I, I agree with what all you, every, everything that you guys said, I think it was pretty spot on. Um, I appreciated like some of the like deep cuts. I mean, ape link. We got Ape Link at the begin at the very beginning of the movie. We got Ape Link, and it's like, which was also spoiled apparently in the final trailer. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? And okay. David Sabalov spoiled, spoiled it on. It. on oh, I'm glad I didn't see that then because yeah. I was surprised. Yeah. <laughs> spoiled um, it Monday night. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, but but I mean, I I appreciated they they um I like to the fa- to the fact that they couldn't get other like additional cgi models they took the optimus primal cgi model modified it a little bit to make it look different and you got another character and that that was cool you got a character from like the botcon convention created the botcon conventions that's you know like only that that's a that's a that's a legitimate deep cut yeah that you know only transformers fans are going to appreciate so Mm -hmm. i i tip my hat to them for putting ape link in the movie and and giving giving him like a you know a, a central a key role at the beginning of the movie, um, I I do think I mean just just kind of the 
the difficulty with Transformers movies is that it's not it's an ensemble cast movie, so you gotta try to find something for everyone to do. And I don't think this movie was able to do that for all the characters. Like you already said, Ronox got no dialogue, Cheetor had very little. I think we really we really only get like Optimus, Mirage, Optimus Primal, and um and Air Razor. Those are kind of the four major transformers that that really get focus scourge also a little bit as the villain but then uh, also that was my problem with the villains is they're very kind of paper thin mustache twirling villains there's there's kind of no no depth to the villains here i would have i would have liked scourge to be like a little bit like maybe just even like muttering under his breath about how much he hates unicron but he still does what he but but in the in the in this movie he's just like no, I'm happy. To, I'm happy to do Unicron's bidding. I'm happy to <laughs> murder everything around me. I don't care. But I mean, you see, I mean, I I did appreciate that they did take you know, a cue from from the '86 movie where Unicron is torturing Scourge when he fails. But you don't. But you should have had like even in the in the '86 movie, you have Galvatron rebelling against Unicron. So I would have <laughs> appreciated them to you know like maybe if he didn't even fully rebel, but just like you know was a little bit like. Um, you know, I, I I'd rather do my own thing, but so so that's you know the the Transformers has always had a villain problem. Like in the movies, there's ne- they've never done the villains really a, a justice in any of these films. Unfortunately, um, I think Bumblebee actually made Bumblebee did a little bit better, but this, but here they're just they're just there to be the to to be the bad guys. So. You skirt, I think like Peter Dinklage as Scourge did a great job in, in the dialogue. Um, I did like Nightbird getting a little bit of dialogue. But again, like Nightbird and Battletrap get very little dialogue or screen time other than the fight scenes. So, you know, that it, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but so so for the next movie, I would I would hope they would explore the villains a little bit more or shift the folk. Like now that now that we know that we can focus on the Transformers. Now let's focus on Decepticons, maybe. Let's, you know, we 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 figured out the Autobots. We've kind of figured out the Maximals. Now let's figure out the Decepticons. Let's get let's get a Decepticon focused movie. Um, I do think this movie, uh, like while this movie is a is a great course correction and everything, uh, and focuses on the Autobots, it's a little bit of a bait and switch to call it Rise of the Beast, because this is not really a Beast Wars movie. This is not really a Maximal movie. They are the new characters kind of introduced, but they're side they're they're the side characters compared to the Autobots. So it's really mm-hmm. the Autobots. Um, having said that, I did like how they fit in Optimus Primal and how he how he worked together with Optimus and Noah. And at the very end, you have them all three of them working together, which I think is a you know uh, bringing like bringing the message full circle at the end of the movie about how like uh, like how Optimus Prime realizes he can't just be about you know protecting the Autobots. Noah realizes it can't just be about protecting the humans. And then Optimus Primal is the one who says, okay, we all have to look out for each other. We're all, you know, it's all of us, not just, you know, you can't just be focusing on your single tribe. So I, I liked how that was, how that message came together. Um, and I, and yeah, I thought, I thought that was, uh, that was well done. Um, shout out to, uh, uh, Laura Luna Velez, who's uh, Noah's mom in this movie, and is also uh, Miles Morales's mom in Into the Spider Verse. Mm-hmm. So she's, uh, she's she, doing. She's uh, having a good summer. Yes. <laughs> so uh, and, and she was also um, 
on New York Undercover back in the. I don't know if anyone else watched that show, that uh, that cop show back in the mid nineties. It was a. It was like the. Uh, it was like the. You know the Fox. The Fox. Uh, like you know diverse cast answer to mm-hmm. like Law and Order cop shows where it was, you know a, a black and Latino cop and then she was a Latina cop who was like who was dating the main Latino cop in the show. So I always remember her from that show. So it's it's interesting to see. Like it's interesting how you know of course it's thirty years later. So now she's getting all the mom roles. But back then you know she was the you know the hot young. Uh, cop on the show so <laughs> just mm. interesting to see her back here um i really i, I loved mirage uh, pete davidson as mirage did a great job i was i was pleasantly surprised by that uh, i think uh, uh noah and mirage's relationship throughout the movie really uh drove the movie i i thought that was that was really well done and all and you know just the, like at the end of the movie when he when he makes that sacrifice and he's like, you know, and he, you know, even Mirage is like, I'm, I'm, I got to protect you for your brother and everything. I thought that was, uh, you know, that really gave some emotion to the movie. And then, of course, that that leads to the the awesome event where he gets the where Noah gets the exosuit and, and uh, you know, they're working together. Um, I real, I'm finally we have Transformers talking in vehicle mode. Thank mm-hmm. you for doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For recognizing that the Transformers are still intelligent beings, even when they're in their vehicle modes, and they can still talk and plan and do stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, thank you for finally recognizing that in the film form. So, uh, really appreciated that. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, so uh, um, I guess one thing, one slight disappointment was uh, with uh, with Elena's character. She really was took a backseat to Noah. I think. They could have given her a little bit more to do in the movie. I, I think she, I think she was great for what she did, but I like even at the end where you just see her on a screen, like getting getting her accolades for discover making new discoveries. But uh, you know, there's a question as to whether or not she'll be like, will they will GI Joe contact her and, and put her in the on the squad too? I mean, I mm-hmm. think uh, uh, it would be cool to see to have her come back. Um, yeah, I mean, so it's. It's definitely. I, I feel like this is this is a positive step in the right direction. It's not perfect. It's not free of criticism. But I, I was I was generally happy with with how everything went. Um, it was you know I, I was I talk about like with for for all these action movies for me it's always does it does it clear the bar of do you have a, at least a interesting characters and story with you know, great action sequences and, and is the CGI up to snuff and everything. So, you know, it, it doesn't have to be, you know, awesome dialogue, but is it good? Is there like the, the, I thought the mix of humor and seriousness was good here. I thought the characters were, you know, at least the, the main characters were interesting. Uh, and then the action was good. I, I enjoyed the action too. So that, that all those things cleared the bar for me. And, and, you know, I, I enjoyed it as a, as a Transformers movie. Um, yeah, but, but those side characters, we needed a little bit more, like we needed a little bit more RC. We need a little bit more Wheeljack. I really think they could have just made Wheeljack a different character because he didn't even do yeah. anything Wheeljacky. <laughs> I mean, he, yeah. he didn't, he, he didn't, uh, he didn't do any tech support or anything. So it's why Wheeljack did you Jones <laughs> different Wheeljack? <laughs> mm. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, dis- 
beyond the like i know there was a lot of complaints about his design since you know his his head shape didn't didn't match the classic g1 wheel jack that is not a big deal for me but the fact that his he didn't really do anything like as like if he had like said oh i figured out this thing or or i'll take a look at bumblebee and try to repair him and then you know he says okay i i fixed everything i could but if he gets an energon infusion then he can be restored or something but you know they didn't really give him anything to uh to do here so that felt like it was kind of a waste um rc uh, yeah i I thought she was cool but uh, also like we didn't have a lot of dialogue from her and a lot of stuff from her so that was kind of you know she was yeah she was a side character she didn't but she Mm -hmm. didn't get a lot of a lot of stuff to do but yeah overall uh it was uh, i would i'm i'm happy with it I'm looking forward to the next one. I hope that I hope we can go even further. Uh, maybe if if they do like if if they are planning the next movie to be the Transformers GI Joe crossover, then hopefully we get like maybe we get that we started off with like the Decepticons and Cobra joining forces, and and that's kind of the motivation for the movie. I mean, that would be I think that would be cool if they could they could use some time to to really build up the Decepticon and and Cobra characters as a as a way to 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 drive the movie forward that would be great um but we'll see that's speculation for this for this movie i i thought it was uh, it was well done um last the last thing i i i guess um i do want to uh highlight like like my last kind of minor nitpick is uh, yeah we we enjoyed the arc like the progression of the character progression of optimus prime he goes from you know kind of not really liking humans to then realizing that he should, you know, he should feel protect the humans as much as he protects his Autobots. I do still feel like he's a little bit more bloodthirsty than I imagine Optimus Prime to be in this movie. Like he's several times in the movie, he is telling Scourge how he's going to kill him and murder him and, you know, chop him up into little bits and do great, Mm -hmm. do terrible things to him. Like, okay, Optimus, you, you, you are, you are, you are, you know, you're the badass warrior. You're protecting your squad. You got to fight. You you do have to fight to protect your family, but you don't have to like say I I'm going to relish you know feeding feeding your bones to you know e- eating your flesh or anything like that. Just calm down on the blood. Calm down on like cutting people's of heads off. And- yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as I, Razor I just, said. Yeah, I just I just feel like his his dialogue doesn't fit doesn't fit like how I, my conception of optimus in terms of like yes he'd be angry he would be you know he would want to uh, you know want to stop scourge but he would he would kill him reluctantly he would not kill him with great abandon and glee and shoving him into the lava as as hard as he can yeah. i, I yeah. did like the using the lava in the fight though having like mm-hmm. prime yeah. splash the lava onto his face and stuff yeah yeah, I agree with you though, Charles. Too that did bother me like several times throughout the movie. He's like, "Oh, I'm gonna fight Scourge and then take off his head," and then like, yeah. um, that was during the car chase scene, and then like, um, where they're like wrestling down the mountain, and then um, the uh, like there was that part where Optimus Primal and him are fighting um, battle 
trap. Yeah, that's yeah. the mm-hmm. Terracon. And then like Optimus Prime will just start smashing his head in. And then Prime's like, that one was my kill or something. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, and, he, and people laughed in the movie theater, but I was like, I don't really see him doing this, but this is a yeah. different Optimus. You know, this is not our G1 one or yeah. guy. This is a movie <laughs> version. Um, but I do have something to add, but like, I want you to finish what your thoughts on the movie. Oh yeah, I mean, I think I think that's that's pretty much. I guess the one thing to positive, I I thought I thought it was nice to see Optimus like fighting Scourge and realizing that Scourge is more powerful than him, and I mean, like not understanding why this guy is more powerful than him, and mm-hmm. Scourge being like, "You're you call yourself a prime? You mm-hmm. suck." I, yeah, I like that yeah. Too. <laughs> Yeah. So the, I I did appreciate like they 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 made it clear that the Terracons were a credible threat and that mm. you know, they're powered by uh by Unicron's energy, dark energon. They dark didn't say energon. dark energon, but you know that's yeah. what that's what we'll say it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, go ahead, Apollo. I, I think I think I'm finished. <laughs> okay. Well, a few things that I wanted to ask your guys your thoughts on this was Scourge, like the way he was designed to me, he looked a lot like Tarn just because of the whole mask thing. And even when his mask was taken off, he was scarred in the same spot as Tarn was. So I don't know if that was an actual design choice, like by the character designer to like, you know, make him look like Tarn, but like he kind of, I was like, Oh, he's kind of like got Tarn vibes to me. Just um, the character did. And then um, the other thing that bothered me at the end was when the computer got destroyed and Optimus is like, I have to go sacrifice myself. There was enough time for him to drive back after. (laughs) That's what Optimus's thing is though. It's like, Oh no, you stubbed your toe. I have to make the ultimate sacrifice now. Yeah, but like then <laughs> Noah comes back and is like yeah. trying yeah. to pull him up and then Optimus Primal and it's like, okay, there was enough time for you to go blow this thing up and come back. But maybe he needed the power of human spirit and friendship. <laughs> you know, the friendship is magical and like yeah. it renewed his spirit yeah. so he would get back I mean, up. The, the, the also, I, you know, after the battle, I, if I'm Noah, I'm like, you know, you should have let me destroy the key ahead of time, right? Yeah. You realize that now, right? Because yes. <laughs> we we wound up destroying it anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They they had to come to that point in their own growth, though. Yeah. I, I will some, say, in terms of Scourge, oh, okay. I, I'm sure he is inspired by Tarn's design. Mm-hmm. Although with the mask off, I thought he looked a lot like Ultron. From he did too. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. And that kind of took me out of it for a minute. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, we we have a, we have feedback about that too, so maybe we can uh, we can transition to that if if we're if we're done, or if there are any final thoughts from anyone before we move on. All right, well, uh, that is our review of Transformers: Rise of the Beasts. So uh, let us know what your thoughts are. Come back for our live stream on Monday, and we can hash everything out again. Um. But we do have a little bit of feedback this week, uh, specifically on Rise of the Beast. So let's get into that now. All right, feedback uh, again. We're still in spoiler territory, so you know <laughs> if, you, if you've heard the review, we did a Rise of the Beast. We're still, you know, still talking spoilers. So <laughs> you should, you shouldn't, you shouldn't come back if you uh, if you haven't watched the movie yet. We did get an email from a friend of the show, Paul Calicote, who's a longtime listener of the show. 
uh, sent us an email about uh, Rise of the Beast and about Scourge. So uh, Paul wrote, uh, Paul writes, uh, slight spoiler if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, in the final battle, when Mirage kicks Scourge's mask off, was that supposed to be some sort of big reveal moment? To me, it looked like uh, kind of like the old Bay vs. Megatron's face and head, but we weren't, we haven't seen Megs in the Bumblebee reboot verse yet. And Scourge is definitely dead at the end of the battle. Maybe that was the death of that design for us who didn't care for that version of Megatron uh, with G1 Megs stomping Bay vs. Megs meme here. <laughs> Bad comedy. To make room for an actual new G1-ish design to be used in the next movie. Anyway, loved the movie. Can't wait to hear y'all's thoughts. Keep up the good work. Well, you just heard our thoughts, Paul, so thank you for sending that in. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think the Scourge reveal was, at least I'm not aware of, of who it was supposed to be. I mean, we, we talked about it being potentially a reference to Tarn, but the face underneath the mask was not anyone I recognized. So, you know, it's... I like the idea of it. It's an alternate universe Optimus Prime that had mm-hmm. fully gone bad. Like it, yeah. it is the ultimate culmination of the Bavers Prime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I would have I would have appreciated a line in the movie if Scourge had been like when he's fighting him, he's like, "Oh, you call yourself a Prime? I, you know, I've I've got so much power. You know, on some worlds they call me." Nemesis Prime. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that would have been a that would have been a nice little line of dialogue, but that would have been, that would have been only for Jeremy, I think. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. But Although, uh, you know, it is scourge that transforms into a black truck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It's Nemesis Prime. <laughs> scourge. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, but Paul. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think. Uh, I. I mean, I. I hope that we will get new versions of Megatron and other Decepticons in future Transformers movies. Since we've we're wiping away the Bayverse, so all Decepticons are back on the table. And we so. didn't see Megatron at all in Bumblebee. Yeah. Yeah. So. I just. I mean, I hope we can finally get Bumblebee to speak again after this movie. I mean, I think uh, you know. We can let him talk again. The Mirage proves that we can have a chatty Transformer character. So give us back Bumblebee. Mm-hmm. So Bumblebee will stay mute, but we'll they'll introduce Wheelie. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh man. Well, we we did we had a Wheelie in the previous the Baver Baver. So mm. not it'll be a different Wheelie. <laughs> Willie Smith. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I think uh, that'll do it for this episode of Transmissions Alt Mode. This is going to be a long one. We've got <laughs> since we've got the whole movie review and some comics news that we talked about too. So buckle up. Uh, this this was a long episode. Thanks everyone for sticking around, hanging out with us. Uh, hope you enjoyed it, and uh, hope you enjoyed our thoughts again. Come back on Monday for our live stream at 9 p.m. Eastern. We'll all be here to talk, hear about your thoughts on the movie and talk about it with you. And if you can't make it, send us feedback, voicemails or just emails or, or whatever. And, you know, we'll integrate that with the live stream as well. Yeah, definitely. 
All right, everyone. Uh, Apollo, thanks again for hanging out with us. Uh, and why don't you tell everyone where they can find your stuff online? Since you have uh, you have been unsnapped and uh, you're you've been restored to the timeline. Yes, I've been restored to the timeline. I've been rebuilt. I'm stronger, faster, smarter. <laughs> so, anyways, um, you can find me. I am back on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at RoboPolo. I have started working on Transformers inspired art again. Uh, I have commissions open as well. So, if you'd like to sign up, there's information on both those sites on how you can do that. Um, I'm also involved in the Discord server for transmissions. So, um, I really recommend that you join if you haven't joined already. It's a fun, safe place to talk about Transformers and other nerdy stuff. Awesome. Yeah, you can go there at transmissionspodcast.com slash discord. That's where you can join up. All right. And as always, we give a shout out to our masterpiece donatrions at the end of every episode. These are the folks who continue to support the podcast at our highest level on Patreon and we really appreciate that. So that's why they get a mention in every episode. So thank you once again to John Forex Levengood and Demon Tech 82. We really appreciate your support. And thanks everyone for watching and listening to this episode of Transmissions Alt Mode. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Later. Thank you for listening to this episode of Transmissions. If you'd like to join the conversation, travel to our Discord channel at transmissionspodcast.com slash Discord. Want some cool transmission swag? Feast your eyes on our transmissions gear at transmissionspodcast.com slash shop. If you'd like to support our podcast, go to transmissionspodcast.com slash support or tell your friends about our show. We'll see you next time.